I want you to tell the story how it needs to be told or how it should be told because it's it's really fascinating to kind of see where you guys came from to to what you're doing today. I owned a steakhouse with my parents up in northern Wisconsin. Our original steak sauce and marinade was a house sauce that I made. And when we got back together, Lou and I are, you know, we're rediscovering each other. And I told her that I wanted to have steak for dinner one night, but I can't eat a steak without that steak sauce. So I called my dad on the phone and said, what was the recipe for steak sauce? Like, I can't remember what it was. So he writes it down for me. I hit the kitchen I make up a little batch. And the minute that that sauce hit my mouth, and I'm not kidding you, the minute that I took that first bite, that was the light bulb moment. And I realized what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Welcome into the Independent Thinking Podcast. This is your host, Rob Stott. We uh, at Primetime got the chance to meet a bunch of new vendor partners uh, across a bunch of different verticals here at uh, Nationwide Marketing Group. And you know, always a good time when you get FaceTime with them and learn a little bit more about them and their stories. And one of those vendor partners was Croy Valley Foods, um, a new outdoor uh, part of the outdoor category. Uh, we saw them in our nationwide, our primetime backyard where uh, they were partnered up with Vision Grills. And Croy Valley uh, is a producer of spices and rubs and all sorts of those grilling outdoor accessories uh, to, to you know the, the grill space. So uh, they were there showing off all their you know different flavors and um, they're really running the grills and cooking up some awesome food for uh, our, our dealers that were there, members attending the show. And um, you know, caught my taste buds, if you will, and uh, you know, made me want to learn a little bit more about them and their story. And when you dive into it, it's it's really fascinating to see where Lou and Damon Holter uh, come from and and how they've sort of built Croy Valley into what it is today, which is really a global uh, organization that that ships their their product around the world and um, has so many different flavor profiles and just awesome to kind of see the connection between the way they've built themselves and how a lot of our dealers, you know, have built themselves and their businesses and uh, being small and family owned and just the, it's fascinating to dive into. And that's what we got the chance to do today. So um, we had Lou and Damon talk about, you know, how they got their start, uh, how it was really one steak dinner (laughs) that's to blame for everything that they've been able to accomplish over the past, uh, you know, handful of years. And um, just fascinating to watch the two, also their dynamic together, and and how they, uh, you know, work with one another, husband and wife, and um, manage to make it work. And uh, you know, just a, a great story and one that we've been looking forward to sharing since they came on board as a new vendor partner here at Nationwide. So uh, we'll dive into it. This is Lou and Damon Holter here on the Independent Thinking Podcast from Croy Valley Foods. All right, we are back on the Independent Thinking Podcast and uh, a pretty exciting episode this week. Um, uh, get the chance. You know, we we talked a little bit before primetime, but uh, got the chance to finally meet you guys in Phoenix when we were all together down there. Uh, but it's nice to have you on the podcast now, Damon and Lou Holter, uh, owners of Qua Valley Food um, up there. You guys, is Wisconsin, is that right? We are. We are. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's Croy Valley. Food. Croy sure. Valley. All right. See, there we go. <laughs> Already. <laughs> we're, we're Croy on, Valley. We're, we're in Hudson, Wisconsin, right on the shores of the St. Croy River. Croy. Okay. See, I, I added a little extra flair to it. I guess. I don't know. Qua, I just, yeah, right. I, my, the French background, I, I took French in high school. So maybe that's where my mind was, but Croy. Okay. 
All right. Yeah, we, have, we have a huge contingency of uh, retail partners up in Canada, and everybody up there pronounces it as if they were from France. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Well, I appreciate you guys having the time uh, and, and you know taking the time to to jump in. But before we dive into your brand, I you know I mentioned it. This was your first prime time, and um, you know you guys were down there in Phoenix. And out there at the, the primetime backyard, had that whole cooking experience that was going on. What was it like being there for you? What, I mean, were you guys in your element out there cooking and, and doing your thing? What was it like? Oh, definitely. Anytime that we can get out uh, behind a grill and cook food that people can sample, I mean, that's what, that's what really invigorates us. It's, it's, a, it's a little difficult when you're in a retail environment that doesn't sample food to be able to know what's in there so just to be able to get in front of all of the members and have them taste what we were making i mean that's what really like i said it invigorates us makes us happy to be able to share that with people but um i just i personally just love the sights and smells and sounds of, of cooking so it's, it's pretty fun it was a good time mm-hmm. and what, what kind of feedback were you getting well also what kind of food were you cooking and then what kind of feedback were you getting uh, we cooked flatbread pizzas, oh, yeah. pizzas, and and we did our uh, we did our pineapple coconut habanero bratwurst. And and I have to tell you, I was just in a uh, I was just in a corporate meeting with a nationwide member a couple of days ago with their entire team who was down there in Phoenix as well. And they tried the bratwurst, and and when I got out of that or when I went to that meeting the other day, they were head over heels in love with the brats. That's all they talked about, like which which sauce did you use on that bratwurst? What were you using? I mean. We get a ton of awesome feedback. People love our food. No, that's awesome. And something that's kind of cool is that I, right behind you. Is that one of those vision grills that I'm seeing? Yeah, it is. Yeah, we've got uh, we've got a, a small one in the back here, a little red one that uh, that we utilize. And, and actually, and my new white one. Actually, behind me there's a there you uh, go white one as well. That's their that's their cadet model. It's a their their little small one. But uh, we cook on those on those visions all the time, which is what we were doing. Done at prime time as well. They're they're a favorite uh, grill of ours. And they've been a, they've been a great company and partner of ours for years. We've been yeah. and that, that's that's what I was going to say. That's kind of how the the introduction to Nationwide came together. I right? talk about that a little bit. What it was you know how you guys sort of went through Vision were able to to you know partner up and and then you know get on board here with Nationwide. Yeah, well, you know, like I said, they've been a partner of ours for years. Lou and I have been their competition pro team uh, for for at least eight, nine years, years yeah, something nine like years. that. Mm-hmm. They, they started their company just a little bit before we did. And, and we, you know, we just gelled and collaborated and for, for quite a long time. We've been out to numerous trade shows with them, you know, cooking uh, on their grills with our products. And we certainly use them personally and professionally all the time as well. So, um, you know, I believe it was, it was Scott Walters at, at Vision who first um, kind of went to, to Nationwide and started the ball rolling. And, and he said, well, you know, we're going to, we're going to be a part of this group. We've got somebody else who's the perfect part of this group as well. So they, uh, they helped make the introductions and help bring us into the fold. And, um, you know, from the first meeting with, with John Lang to, you know, where we are today. I mean, so it's been, it's been an absolute pleasure to work with Nationwide. And one of the things that, that we commented on, Lou and I and the, the team at Vision, you know, being that this was our first experience at prime time and really our first experience getting to know a lot of nationwide members we were so taken aback at how how friendly yes. everyone was how receptive they were to new products and new ideas uh and, and and everybody you know they all they all stopped and listened to our story 
and heard what we had to say and tasted our food. And I think that that's a little bit of an anomaly. It might just be, you know, the way well, it is. I mean, it might just be the culture that, that Nationwide has, has created and, and curated with the members that you, and, and the vendors that you guys work with. But I tell you, we do a lot of other buying groups and you know, we've mm-hmm. been a part of, of you know, other um, expos and, and trade, uh, shows. trade shows. It can be painful. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> this was not painful. Yeah, so it's like pulling teeth to get people to stop yeah. by your booth or, or you know, at least give you five minutes to, to you know, for us to tell the story. I, I, I feel like I met every single person that mm-hmm. was there at prime time. It was really cool. It no, was- that's that's awesome. And I, I think, too, you know, I know you, you talk about John Lang. His he's been sort of spearheading this outdoor initiative and um, put a lot of effort into, you know, obviously getting the the grill vendors on board and, and getting product for, for, you know, our members to have in their stores. But he obviously lately, um, and especially I think with you guys, just the, 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 I don't want to call it accessories cause that's not the right term, but like the, the spices and rubs and, and all that, yeah. they're grilling accessories. Um, you know, how important those are, especially from the, the retail perspective, cause someone buys a grill, they might not be back for a couple of years, but if you have, you know, a, a product like yours in the store or along next to it, and you can, demonstrate it the right way like you guys were doing at the show it kind of helps tell that story differently and also you're getting customers that want to come back on a regular basis so i i think they're starting to get the importance and i from what it sounds like you know your experience there that kind of you know rang true with you as well mm-hmm. yeah it really did and, and uh, you know his his efforts i know that you know when when we were first getting onboarded here with nationwide one of the big things that John was talking about was getting that message across to, to the rest of the, uh, the members, letting them know that, you know, when you've got consumables like this, people will come back, uh, you know, within a few weeks to restock. And then you've got the opportunity to sell them on anything else in the store. Right. And I, I think people are definitely receptive to that in this organization. Um, like I had mentioned, I was, I was with a, a, another member just the other week and we're working on a program for their store. They've got, well, they've got over over a dozen locations, and this will be the first time they've ever dealt with consumables in their store. We'll be the only sauce and seasoning brand that they carry. So, wow. you know, just to be able to get somebody like that to say, yeah, you know what, this, this makes sense. Let's give this a try. I think uh, that speaks volumes to the initiatives that, that you guys have going on in the communication that John's been putting out to the rest of the members. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. Well, you kind of hinted at it. Um, and you got to tell your story to a lot of the members that, that were walking through the show and, and through that backyard area. But uh, really awesome, I think, background. I read a little bit, obviously, on your site uh, and kind of how you guys got started. But I, w- I don't want to steal any of that thunder. I'm not going to do any intro. I want you to tell the story, how it needs to be told or how it should be told, because it's it's really fascinating to kind of see where you guys came from to, to what you're doing today. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a real... Uh, journey it has been and I and I talk all the time um, and, and I'm, I'm gonna let Lou tell the story <laughs> I, I can tell he it to you to I like to talk but I've got to the first opportunity to I mean, we've built this together uh, 100% we sure so, have. so go, go ahead go ahead I hate it when you do that <laughs> perfectly happy just listening to you talk. Yeah. <laughs> but you know the story you live <laughs> well we were um High school sweethearts, we got back together and kind of thought, what do we want to do with our life? We want to be together. We want to do something together. We want to build something together. And light bulb goes off in Damon's little head. 
that he wants to make sauce for a living. I thought he was insane. <laughs> Absolutely out of his mind. He took all the classes, he got the certification. I had more experience in I was working in the legal background in the legal field. And so I kept doing that, supporting our family while Damon worked day and night and every weekend to build up Croy Valley and put every penny back into it until it became completely sustainable and I was able to walk away from the legal field and start doing this full time. That was seven years ago now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. yeah. So and it it has been an adventure. We love we're inseparable. I mean, we probably you think we get sick of each other, but we're <laughs> better or worse. Possibly. Hey, that's in the vows, right? <laughs> yeah, so when we're not here and working and producing, we are typically out somewhere cooking, competing, promoting. I mean, we live this every day. We're we're very fortunate because not only is it our vocation, obviously, but it's a hobby and a passion that it consumes everything we do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if we're not, if we're like, like Lou said, I mean, if we're not working, you know, and, and making these products, we're out enjoying them and cooking for the people or competing competitively in all sorts of different manners of food sport all over the world yep. at this point. And, uh, you know, you can see the number of trophies behind us. So we, we, we might know what we're doing. <laughs> just, a li- just a little bit. Now, now, how does one get into sauce? Like, how did you, what light bulb? She mentioned the light bulb in your little head that went off. And what <laughs> what, what, what what was it that, that that made that light bulb go off? And how did you know that this was the path that you, you wanted to go down? Well, Lou, Lou gave the abridged version of the story when she said that we were high school sweethearts and then we got back together. There was actually 15 years in between there that we had not seen each other or heard from each other or even knew where each other lived. So uh, we did We did get back together. Uh, we were both married to other people. We each had three children. And then we found each other at, at the point where we were both uh, going through a divorce with our other uh, spouses. So we, we, in this entire time that Lou didn't know me, I was in the restaurant industry. I owned a steakhouse with my parents up in northern Wisconsin that, that was you know operational for 15 or so years. And um, our original steak sauce and marinade, I was going to look and see if I had a bottle of it here. There's one right behind you there on the shelf. Our original steak sauce and marinade was a house sauce that that I made. This, this guy right here, original, probably original steak sauce and marinade. That was a house sauce that I created at my parents' restaurant. We served it with every meal. Everybody loved it. They, you know, they would put it on, on everything that we served. It was, you know, on steak, chicken, duck, pork. People would put it on the baked potatoes. And they were always asking for it. They were always asking if we could, you know, sell them some or if we bottle it to share the recipe or what have you. And a long time goes by in my life, and I'm working in other restaurants in the Minneapolis, St. Paul area uh, after after leaving um, my parents to continue with the restaurant for a while. And when we got back together, Lou and I are, you know, we're rediscovering each other. We're 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 learning about each other. And I told her that I wanted to have steak for dinner one night. And, and again, I'm, I'm really trying to figure out what's the next step in my life. What do I want to do? What can we do together? Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't want to work in the restaurant industry anymore. And, uh, you know, I said, well, I, I want to have a steak, but I can't eat a steak without that steak sauce. <laughs> and because it's just, that's the way that, I mean, for 15 years, that's how I ate a steak. 
And I wanted to, I wanted to share that with Lou. So I called my dad on the phone and said, what was the recipe for steak sauce? Like, I can't remember what it was. He's making it every day in the restaurant here at this time. So he writes it down for me. I hit the kitchen I make up a little batch and we, we grill some steaks. And the minute that that, that sauce hit my mouth, and I'm not kidding you, the minute that I took that first bite, that was the light bulb moment. And I realized what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. I said, I want to make steak sauces for a living. Crazy. So that's where it started. It was, <laughs> wow. it was literally, I mean, like I, I hit the ground running. It was literally three months later. And I had our original steak sauce and two other varieties, our hot and spicy and our garlic and herb. I had those to market. We're selling them to our first retail customer within three months time. And it's been, you know, it's been uphill ever since. We, yeah. we started with those three products. Today, we've got over 45. And, uh, I, you know, we're also building a 20,000 square foot production facility right down the road to break ground in just a couple of weeks. So it's been a... It's been an adventure. It has well, been. The, the cool thing is, is that like the, your story is so, I think, relatable to our members and the, the guys that went out there, guys and gals that went out there and invested in, took a chance on themselves, right? Cause they, they want to start a business or get into a business and, um, you know, they, they go all in it's, it's them. And I mean, they're doing it by themselves. Obviously you have a team around you and people and support systems and things like that, but I, it's just kind of cool to hear that connection between what you guys are doing and what you've been able to build and the retailers that, you know, are our members, independent retailers that have to, you know, they go through this sort of, obviously in a different industry, but in the same fashion every single day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is, you know, it's a, it's a family business. I mean, obviously Lou and I own it. We've got our, our son-in-law working here. My parents will work with us uh, on occasion. And, 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 you know, we've got other staff members here as well, but, it started in in a hundred square foot space in the back of a little meat market that we leased. You know, you know and, and leasing this hundred square foot space as our first production facility, that was a huge step. That's I mean, scary. thinking that I had to pay three hundred dollars a month in mm-hmm. rent, and and seriously, three hundred dollars a month, right? I that was we had huge. Six, we had six kids. Yeah. How do you wow. how do you manage that? How do you justify? spending money mm-hmm. on, on a leased space when you don't even have any sales yet. So it was really about believing in what we did and, and building this business organically. Yeah. Um, and it's just like you said, just like with, with other members, you know, I mean, most people do not fall into this sort of thing. You, you work hard and you, you build the business. And for people in our industry, especially with, with a lot of sauces and seasonings, the majority of them will go to a co-packer and have their product made. And then they focus on the sales and, and getting that, that out there. We, we went the other way and we started the production facility. I've never gone to somebody else to make our product. We believe in what we've got. We want that control over everything because it, it makes it better. Yeah. I mean, we not only, I always like to tell people that we make our product with love, which we do, but you know, we can control the quality. We know exactly what we're putting into those products. And, um, and we make them ourselves, right? Right behind this wall, you know? Yep. So we're, now we're the co-packer for all these other sauce and seasoning companies because we actually produce products for about 150 other companies and we're continuing to ramp that, that up. So not only are we building our business, but we're helping others start their businesses as well. And that's always been really important for us, you know, dealing with, dealing with the smaller companies and working with independent retailers, especially, has been our bread and butter and um that's what's that that's what makes us successful no that that's awesome that's awesome i now was there a a point 
you know, you're on a runway starting this business and, and watching it. Was there a point where you noticed that like, all right, the plane's taking off and this is going somewhere? Yeah. yeah well, that was what, seven years ago when you, mm-hmm. when you left the legal field. Yeah. And it was both of us doing this full time and, you know, we're able to not only continue to grow it, but we were also able to, you know, take care of ourselves and pay our bills and still, you know, afford to do the things we wanted to do. And then we started traveling more and competing more kind of all over the place. And yeah, it, I would say even this past two years has been Huge. really, I mean, we've started getting more into exporting and it's been really exciting. Well, that that's awesome. You mentioned the competing. And obviously you can see all this stuff behind you. How, I guess, A, a how did you break into, you know, you guys are on I've, the, out, what's it, the outdoor network I've seen. You've done food network competitions and stuff like how did that come about and, and, you know, what has that done for you? Well, it, it was really the, I think the precipice that changed the entire direction of our company. Um, and it was, it was very early on because as I started the company bringing three products to market, like I mentioned earlier, they were steak sauces. That's what I, they, you know, that's where I thought that we were going to go with this thinking, you know, how many steak sauces are there on the market? You know, let's be, let's be disruptors in the steak sauce <laughs> world and, and let's, let's, you know, really break into it. And, um, and, and we had a professional competition team from Tennessee who reached out to us and said, you know, we do this competitive barbecue stuff and, and we want a really good barbecue sauce that would work with flavor profiles specific, specific to the competition arena. I never heard of barbecue competitions. I didn't even know that was a thing back then. No clue. But I started working with this guy and I was really intrigued. And uh, we went and met with him at, uh, at a, a competition and he taught, he taught me, you know, like, what you do, this is, this is how we do competitive barbecue and, and worked with him for a little bit, but it was really in the development of our sweet and smoking competition barbecue sauce, because he was looking for a product and I wanted that industry feedback. So I'd make little samples and send it to him in Tennessee. He'd call me on the phone, give me feedback and say, well, these be a little sweeter. We need a little different spice here, you know, and we developed that one product. Um, that changed the whole trajectory of our company because that's when we got into competition barbecue ourselves. We realized that there was a huge market for the barbecue sauces and seasonings. And, and, you know, we went, we went originally from, from being called Croy Valley steak sauce to being called Croy Valley sauces. And then we introduced the, the rubs and then we said, well, wait a minute, we're making more of the sauce. We're making food items. So then I went to Croy Valley foods which is where we landed and, you know, kind of rebranded and came up with new logos and this, that, and the other. But um, it, it was, you know, we've, we've utilized the competition barbecue circuit and, and other food sport activities. We do competition steak. We do these things called the culinary fight club. We do the world food championships, yep. but we've used those as platforms to be able to market our products, to lend legitimacy to what we have and what we're using, because obviously if you see, you know, this professional pit masters winning awards and using the stuff, it must be good. Um, and it's been a testing ground for us to be able to develop new products. So that has really been instrumental for, for where we've been able to grow the company and how we've been able to, to kind of take it to the next level. And David and I are both highly competitive, both <laughs> working together and yes. against each other. So that, that's, satisfies our competitive spirit so well. that that was that was kind of my next question is i i imagine some of these uh, you know competitions that you've gone to i it's one or the other do you guys get to go as a team like how do you decide what, what's the deciding factor do you have a cook-off in 
in your your uh, like warehouse there? Like, what? How, who do you? How do you determine who goes and, and represents you guys? We well, in the barbecue competitions, there's a lot of work that goes into those. So we typically work as a team because nobody yep. wants to do that by themselves. It's exhausting. But if it's a smaller cook, like the state competitions or the culinary fight clubs, that it's more designed for an individual to do, we will always look and yeah, compete against each other. We always compete against each other unless it's one of those pro barbecue competitions because it's it's a, a weekend long commitment and you know it's a, a lot of work. But we've also really tried to decide on occasion like who's the who's the better cook because you know we have little side bets and even more than once we have competed against each other mm -hmm. even in those in those big barbecue competitions and we'll do it solo like you know we're taking on yeah. the work of an entire team all by, uh, ourselves. all by ourselves and then we'll go head to head just to kind of see you know what happens it's, now, it's been fun do you have do you keep a record of like who's who's beaten who like are you that competitive well, how many of those how many of those ribbons and medals are are whose yeah, which one is it? What's that one? this one right here this this is first place ribs this was from a, a competition that we went against each other uh on yep and lou won that, that one to me. okay i like this <laughs> see this, this is where <laughs> this is fun Fine. and then i got i got second place in pork in the same competition so between first and second i mean these were two uh really you know pr pretty important awards for for that comp and we were like neck and neck with the other categories you know, it was probably a wash, but sometimes she does a little better. Sometimes I do a little better. And then together we do great things. That's right. So that's kind of, uh, that's kind of my philosophy there. No, that that's awesome. I, and cool to see too, because it's just awesome to, like you mentioned, you a great way to get your name out there as well. Um, and test in the market, see what others in the industry, other, you know, people that are, um, that excel at this, you get to get your flavors in front of them as well. So it, it's yeah. just an awesome opportunity all around. And you mentioned the flavors it, yeah, going from three to over 40 now. Like, how, do you still spend time or how do you find time to, you know, what, what's it like to test? What's the uh, research and development like in, in sauces and, and rubs? Some products, it was just first batch. Awesome. Done. Scale it up. Let's go. <laughs> Other ones took time and time. And there was yeah. like bottles of sauces in our refrigerator. A, B, C, D. Okay, now try E again. Compare that. Just, oh, I don't want to try it again. Excellent. Yeah, it can be it can be daunting, but it can be. We have I think we have very specific reasons for we why we develop new products. Yeah. And a, a, a number of times, like I mentioned earlier, you know, having having the competition arena as a testing ground for the products has actually led to um, a lot of not just the development of the product, but really led to the launch of it. Because uh, for for example, a, a couple of years ago, we were competing in the World Food Championships in Texas. And uh, we do this every year. And, and there were two seasonings, actually three of them that were born specifically out of that competition. But they were seasoning blends that I had put together specifically for our own use, just for something for us to use in that competition. And it was so successful and it worked so well that, you know, after doing that a few times in competition, you say, boy, I've really got something here that I think the market would, would get after. So then we, we launched new products that way. And in, in other situations like our, our barbecue and, and wing sauce line, we've got four different four different sauces we do there, pineapple habanero, the tequila lime, garlic ginger teriyaki, and garlic buffalo. Those items were requests, requests that we had from our Canadian distributor. Um, our, our folks up in Canada said, hey, we, we 
We see there's a market in our area for, for wing specific products. Can you, can you make something? So it was that request that sent us into the kitchen to develop products and come up with something that was usable. And we, we did that both with the wing sauces and then with our new wing booster line, which are seasonings that we have in, in pouches. Those were one of the most recent ones that we uh, launched, I believe, a little, a little over a year and a half ago. Yeah, it's so. been almost a year now. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes there's a reason for it. Other times we've just got a recipe that just, it just resonates. And we say the world can't be without it. So <laughs> let's put it in a bottle. Now, will, will you guys ever limit yourselves to, like, you don't want to go across a certain threshold or it's just sort of as the inspiration comes, you, you know? It, it's, I think it's really as, as we are inspired by something to find a need, we will continue to develop because number one, we need to innovate, um, you know, and, and have fresh offerings. I think, I think, you know, none of our products have ever gotten stale. I'll, I'll tell you, I've never once discontinued a, a product. They all sell really well. And there's no consideration for me to ever say, well, that one's kind of a sleeper. Let's get rid of it because we really don't have any sleepers in our line. But as we continue to find reasons to make products, I think we will continue to put them out. I'm actually planning on launching. We just launched two new seasonings recently, our uh, a Greek uh, booster and our Southwest booster. And I've got two more, um, two more sauces that we will release later this year because they're yeah, secret. <laughs> they're, they're, proven, they're proven recipes and they fit within you know, the makeup of, of what we're doing. Um, I, I, I tell you, our story... Our philosophy on this changed significantly at one point in time. I don't recall when that was exactly, but there was a time when I said, you know what, let's just have like four or five products and that's it. You know, it's, it's too hard to, to have, you know, a lot of different items and to get them into retail. But when we really made our focus um, on, the, on the dealer side to, to be nothing but independent retailers and, uh, you know, Places. I mean, just like every one of these nationwide members that we've dealt with, when we focused on that, we realized that the bigger the selection we've got, to be honest, the more successful we are, the more successful the stores can be, because we don't just have two or three products sitting on a shelf. We have an entire suite of products. We can have brand presence and be like that dealer I mentioned earlier, where they don't carry on any other products. They don't need to think about sourcing products from somewhere else because we've got an entire brand presence and enough selection to create an entire outdoor flavor center in those stores that is nothing but Croy Valley. And there's so much variety there that people find one item that they like, they're coming back and buying more. Right. And that, that actually was, you almost answered what was going to be my follow-up and the successful retailers that, you know, you guys partner with, are they carrying the full line or do they, they pick and choose, like kind of rotate through what's the sort of, I guess it's, you know, tough to answer. It's probably not the, there's not one strategy with your product that works for every retailer, but you know, what are you seeing that tends to work, you know, for a, an independent retailer push selling your product? Right. You know, the, the more products, the better, I, you know, it's not just, you know, me trying to sell more. I mean, it really does work that way in the retail shelf. Those dealers that carry a wider selection are the ones that, that have the most success with the brand, because again, they can find a customer can find one item. They like it uh, and they come back and they try exploring the rest of the line. So it gets them in more frequently, it gets them trying more products and it leads to us having a wider selection because they'll, they'll either discover it somewhere else or they'll buy something from us online and then they'll go back to the store and say, well, geez, you're not carrying, you know, that original steak sauce. Why don't you put this one in? So we're, we're, we're continuing to, to broaden those horizons. But one of the things that we started a, a few years back when we really started 
focusing more on these types of dealers was we started what we call our authorized dealer program. And our authorized dealers are stores that carry a wider selection. It's a minimum of 12 SKUs just to get in to that uh, program. And that comes with all sorts of bells and whistles. We do geo-targeted Facebook ads for the stores. We, we do quarterly rebates, signage, uh, you know, bells and whistles, all sorts of different things that we have with, with that program. But it's because we have a wider selection and that works really well. Now, 12 SKUs out of 44 is still really small for our uh, suite of products. But I'll tell you, there are some people that say, yep, we'll carry everything. Send me a case of everything. And then they've got, you know, even a wider selection yet. And they're the ones that keep coming back time and time again. We allow people to choose their varieties, of course, but we also make it easy by having kind of, you know, curated selections of different products that they can choose from that we know work really well. But the, the stores, I'm happy to sell to anyone that wants to buy even one SKU, one case of product, of course, yeah. but the stores that only carry a few items, uh, those are the ones that either find success with it and then grow and build a bigger brand, or you know, it dies on the vine because they didn't have enough products to really you know, have a, a space in their store that made them look like a barbecue destination. No, that, I mean, it makes, makes perfect sense because if you think of any, you know, type of selection area like that, and it, if the more options you have, the more you're going to entice someone to want to try different Absolutely. flavors and um, just it, it makes it more enticing for them to, to want to, the, for the customer to want to explore, you know, the different options right. as well. So right. um, do you, do you guys get down as far like, do you know, are there certain flavor profiles that work throughout different areas? Like, like, do you track stuff like that? Like what, type of flavors perform well throughout the country? You know, we, we have some, we certainly have some metrics that we'll look at in, in regard to the sales and where they are in different areas by product. But, you know, we, we have so many different items. Yeah. It's hard to really say, you know, I mean, like if you just looked at an average barbecue sauce, right? I mean, the way that people think about it, they're like, well, you know, down south, we like a vinegar-based barbecue sauce. And over here, they like a sweet one we don't really prescribe to that sort of methodology with the flavors we've got. I mean, everything we've got is unique, you know, no, nobody, no, no, people will say, well, do you have something that tastes like this? Or do you have something that tastes like that? And, and I don't, because I don't want my product to taste like the next guy. So we've got so many unique things that I think they just resonate really well uh, everywhere. And, and to be honest, that's been, that's been proven now over the course of the last couple of years, especially with, with our overseas partners because we, we started exporting to Europe a couple of years ago and we're doing great over there across the board with every one of our products. We're now in Australia, we're in New Zealand, we're going into Japan here shortly. And every one of those things is well received in every market that we go to. I, 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 even, even, in New, even in New Zealand, I think our distributors said, well, you know what, I, I'm not sure that we should um, bring in the roux barbecue sauce because rhubarb over here is kind of like, you know, like, like a weed or people don't really, they don't know what to do with it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> come to the Midwest because it's in every pie that you eat around here. But even that product, you know, once they tried it, they were like, they were like, yeah, this is great. It's really cool. that they, they're, they're liking it a lot. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I, I want to ask you, kind of close out on one, one question. It's sort of, you know, softball-y if you will, but I, I, I think the answer would be kind of interesting to hear. And, you know, obviously as you set out to, to launch a, a company like this and, and do what you do, you have big visions for what you want. Is, is, I mean, looking back to when you guys started, you mentioned the, 
the tiny little area you were renting out, did you ever expect that, you know, you'd be to a point where you're building uh, that massive, you know, additional warehouse that, that you are right now and, and kind of doing what you're doing? No, never, never expected it. Um, I'm not surprised by it. You know, I mean, I, I truly believe everything that we put our, our energy into and put our, our minds to that we will achieve our goals. Um, we're very goal oriented people and we work very hard to get to where we are, but it's hard to envision what things would look like in the future. And when we first started, I had no aspirations as to what the company would be or where we would be in 10 years. Um, and we've, you know, like everyone else, we experienced pitfalls and setbacks here and there. So, you know, along the way, it's, it's been up and down and up and down. I mean, it continues to go up, but, you know, you take one step forward and sometimes you take two steps back. And uh, we've, had our, we've had our challenges and we've learned yeah. how to overcome them and, uh, and grow significantly. So we, we, we say this to each other all the time, you know, we'll be sitting around having a, a, a you know, cocktail on the weekend and just relaxing and saying, geez, you know, we look around and we're like, did you ever think that we would be here? Did you ever think we'd be doing this? Um, you know, Lou was, a, Lou was on a Food Network not, not that long ago, last year. And she said the same thing to me then. She's like, do you ever think that your wife would be on Food Network? How did I get here? Yeah. <laughs> you take those opportunities and you roll with them, you know? That's what we do. All because of one steak dinner, you know? Yeah. All because of one steak right. dinner. Watch what you eat. <laughs> I love it. Well, Lou and Damon, this was awesome uh, to get to chat with you guys and learn a bit, a bit more about your backstory and everything you guys are doing. And awesome to hear, you know, how things are going, how primetime went and, uh, you know, look forward to, to what's to come with you guys. So appreciate yeah. you diving into Croy Valley and uh, sharing, sharing, you know, your story with us. Yeah, absolutely. We really appreciate the opportunity. Uh, anytime that we can, Mm-hmm. Talk about our, our story and our products. We're, we're all over it. So um, well, I, no, I, I look forward to the next primetime backyard and uh, whatever, <laughs> you know, if it's flatbread pizza, that it, the brats, they were, it was awesome. So <laughs> I look forward to yeah, it. We'll, we'll come up with something new and innovative <laughs> for the next one. Yeah. Awesome. People, keep people's bellies full. <laughs> well, thank you guys. All right. Appreciate it. Awesome. And thanks again to Lou and Damon for taking the time and, and sharing. Just like I said at the time, fascinating is the, the word that comes to mind. Just uh, an incredible story. Um, you know, one that, like I said, we were looking forward to sharing and uh, neat to hear, you know, how they, uh, everything from just how they go about testing new flavors and um, how they've managed to, to work themselves into some really cool opportunities, you know, on uh, some national, you know, like food network competitions and things like that. So, um, awesome to hear and excited to see how they grow with our members and, and with Nationwide as well. So appreciate them taking their time. And as always, I appreciate you listening to the Independent Thinking Podcast, and we will catch you next time.